New on Curiosity Stream. Grab your lab goggles. We're out to find the world's coolest, loudest, and most in-your-face experiments. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. See how hands-on science can change our everyday lives on oddly satisfying science. Plus, from goats to guard dogs, hear surprising stories about the creatures that brought humanity to the next level. It's animals that changed history. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are twenty dollars, just a dollar sixty-seven a month. Visit curiositystream.com. Hey guys, it's been a while. I know that some of you may have been wondering where I've been. The truth is that I've had a hard time processing my father's writing because I did something that I maybe shouldn't have. I read ahead. I'll do my best to transcribe his writing, though I know that it'll be hard to relive the events he describes. Here goes nothing. After my failure to grab the midnight paper from my neighbor's porch, I decided to hold off on trying to interfere with the paper for a while. I felt like it knew me somehow, knew that I'd try to stop it before, and was trying to distance itself from me as a result. My only course of action right now is to keep reading and see if there are any clues in my dad's journal that may help me understand the paper more and maybe find a way to stop it. This is my father's next entry. Your mother and I sat in my office, the midnight paper sitting between us. You can't read it? She asked. She was incredulous, even then, even when I'd told her about Ty's paper in Vietnam. I think that she thought I had made the whole thing up, that I'd made a copy of the paper to scare her or something. I wish that I had. I looked at the page in front of me once again, just to humor her. Once again, the words were all jumbled up. All I could make out was the header. I can't read it, I said finally. I'm not making it up. I really can't. Who delivered it then? She asked. There was a sly smile on her face as if she knew that that would stump me. It did because I didn't know the answer then. I still don't. No idea. You better not be pulling a prank on me. She didn't sound convinced, though. There was something creeping into her voice then. Something like fear. Something like the cold realization that she knew me. That she knew I would never write something like that. This is really effed up. The stuff about families killing each other like that? Who comes up with that? I shrugged. Who came up with Treehead? Ty said that it just shows up. He also said that the articles in it come true somehow. Now your mother was smiling again. There's the kind of smile that says, now I know you're pulling my leg. But I wasn't smiling. I hadn't stopped pacing since she'd read the article out loud to me. She'd only seen me like that on my bad days. On the days that I'd get to thinking about Ty and the rest of the guys that we lost in the jungle. About how it could have happened to me. We didn't talk about the paper much after that. We just rolled it up and tossed it into a plastic bag with the rest of that day's trash. We were busy then. It was easier to forget things. You had school. We had work. We all brought work and worries home. Now that I'm alone and no longer working, it's different. It's as if all I do is think. All I do is remember. I wish I could forget. I wish that this damn house wasn't so empty, so prone to echoing my thoughts and my memories and throwing them back at me. But it's better that you're not here. It's too dangerous. Because I've been getting the paper too. A few days after we'd thrown the first paper away, your mother and I were lying in bed. This may come as a shock to you, but we didn't exactly go to bed at 9pm like you did. We had a little TV set in our room, which I'm sure you've forgotten. Your mother loved watching movies. She had seemingly hundreds on VHS and Beta. 
sci-fi movies were her favorite. Anything with aliens and space and laser beams. She'd sit there, staring at the tiny screen with a cigarette in her hand, with a little smile on her face. That's cool, she'd say. And I'd turn around and there was a guy with a laser sword or a guy in a robot suit. I wish I could remember her like that forever. I wish that she'd had the volume up too loud. Loud enough so that we would never hear the knocks on our front door. But she wouldn't do that. Because you were sleeping in the next room. So we heard it. It was impossible not to. Whoever was knocking, it was like they knew exactly how to hit the door so that we'd hear it in our room. I don't know if you heard it in yours. I hope that you didn't. Your mother wanted to call the cops. She thought that the paper was being delivered by someone who was dangerous. Someone who wanted to scare us. I think. I know she was right. We decided against calling the police. If they couldn't read the paper like I couldn't, they wouldn't be as alarmed as we were. I didn't know what to do. I wanted to throw it away, but your mother said that we should read it. That it might give us some insight into who or what was doing it. If there's a reason they're targeting us, we might find out by reading it. I agreed. Part of me was curious too. And now I wish that I hadn't. Whenever I think about that moment, that choice, it's as if every fiber of my present being is screaming at my past self. Screaming at him to never let your mother read another paper again. But he can't hear me. So I remember myself opening the door, bringing the paper inside, and handing it to your mother. We sat in my office. The door had a lock, and as soon as your mother and I were both in, she locked it. Even then, it was as if we knew that this was dangerous, that you could never get involved with it. Why we knew that and still kept going is a mystery. Maybe that's how the paper works, how it grabs people and pulls them in. Curiosity can override common sense if something is intriguing enough. Your mother cut the black strings holding the paper together, and we watched it unfold itself slowly. She grabbed it, held it up under the lamp on my desk, and began reading. Strange news broadcast reported on local cable. Local cable companies in Redacted are stumped after reports of a strange news broadcast appearing in place of Redacted News. Viewers reported that this broadcast appeared after a regular commercial break, right in the time slot usually reserved for Redacted News. It looked like a normal news broadcast at first, said Redacted, a local resident. But I knew that something was weird when the anchorman was different. I mean, Redacted has been on the air for years. The guy's a local legend. The logo was different too. It said U News instead of Redacted News. But the anchorman and logo were not the only changes. Instead of local and national news, they started talking about me. About us. About my family. Redacted, said. At first it was about how my wife had gone to the supermarket and it was saying exactly what she'd bought. Then it was talking about my friends, what they did at school, what grades they got. I even found out that my son had failed a math test and it said that he'd tried to change an F into a B with a red pen, then gave up and hid it in his locker. The redacted household wasn't the only family in town who was affected. In fact, it appeared that around one out of every 20 houses received the broadcast, with the rest of the households in town getting redacted news as normal. Redacted, a tired widow, was one of the people affected. It was awful, she said. At first I thought it was someone playing a prank, like maybe some loony in town had messed with my television. But that man, 
That anchor. He knew things about me that nobody else could. He said what I'd had for breakfast, what I'd watched on the TV, when I'd gone to the bathroom, and what I'd, um, what I'd done there. It was an intrusion. Then, the next day, it happened again. I know a lot of people in town complained to the cable company, and to that channel specifically. But it's 6 p.m. There it was again. It should have been... Redacted. News. Redacted. News always goes on at 6. It was even worse this time. The anchor began saying what I'd be doing tomorrow, as if he knew. He said I'd call my daughter and tell her about the strange news broadcast and, and ask her for help. He said what I'd eat and exactly at what time. He even said that I would think twice about it and try eating something different to what he'd said, but I wouldn't. Mrs. Redacted was right. More and more of the townspeople began reporting that the strange anchor had been right about what they'd do the next day. It was as if he could see the future, one resident said. It got worse and worse, said Mr. Redacted. The bastard got on one night and was saying that my family and I would be doing the next week. Then the next month, I tried unplugging the TV, but the damn thing was still playing, with no electricity. We called and called the cable company, and they even sent out a guy to replace the box. But that night, at six, it happened again. This time the anchorman looked pissed, like he knew we'd been complaining. Then he started saying awful things about how I'd have a heart attack in three days, about how my son would get hit by a car. I hope the bastard is wrong, but my son's staying indoors no matter what. Indeed, many residents began complaining that the anchorman was only reporting bad news. He said that one woman would be diagnosed with cancer, and was right. He said that one man would lose his job, and was right. But perhaps the most disturbing thing he'd predicted was the unforgivable crime that, redacted, would commit. Redacted was one of the most vocal residents who complained to the cable company, and the local police about the news broadcast. When the companies insisted that there was nothing wrong with their service, and that other residents were getting, redacted, news, as usual, he urged other townspeople to unplug their TVs, and put them in a strange unit that he owned. It seemed that nearly all of the residents who were getting U-News took him up on his offer, adding their TVs to the back of Redacted's pickup truck and helping him unload them into his storage unit. Even some of the townspeople who weren't getting the strange broadcast opted to add their TVs to the pile. It seemed to work at first. That night at 6 p.m., Every house that had received the broadcast on TV made a startling discovery. The radios were playing U News, and the anchor sounded angry. He began by reading off the exact date, time, and cause of death of every person who was listening. Then the anchor reported to everyone exactly what, Redacted, would be doing in a few hours. He said that, Redacted, would try to throw his radio away, but that his car would start playing the broadcast at full volume. Then he would take a hammer to the car radio to destroy it, and when that wouldn't work, he'd take his rifle and shoot it. But just as he did, he'd hear the anchor saying that he would go inside and, well, you know the rest. After reports of several gunshots being fired in the redacted home, two responding officers of the redacted PD would enter the house forcefully, only to discover the bodies of the redacted family. Redacted his wife, their children, even the family dog, all shot. Redacted, himself was sitting in the backyard, with the radio he'd thrown away only hours earlier. Onlookers reported that he kept screaming the same words over and over again. The news made me do it. The news made me do it. 
After his reprehensible actions, U News never appeared on the local airwaves again. But some of the affected residents claimed that what the anchor had said was still happening. I cheated on my wife, said a local man who wishes to remain anonymous. Exactly like the guy on the news said. I didn't want to. I swear, I, I tried to stop it, but it was like I was being forced to do. Like, I couldn't even control myself. The horrible predictions about the redacted were correct too. Mr. Redacted had a heart attack three days after our initial interview, and his son ran out of the house, even if Mrs. Redacted attempted to stop him. The boy ran into the street and was hit by an oncoming car. The driver, whose name the local police has tried to keep hidden from the public, was one of the people who had gotten the broadcast. His neighbors have stated that he was concerned about the news broadcast prediction that he would run a kid over and subsequently take his own life. The anchor was right once again. But whether that man wanted to do it, or if he was being forced to, remains a mystery. Once your mother was done reading, it was as if something heavy, something huge, something invisible, had appeared in the room with us. It was something bigger than us, more dangerous than us, like some undiscovered animal that you don't want to mess with. Damn it, I said, collapsing into my chair. Your mother looked how I felt, pale and regretful. Reading this paper reminded me of when I was sober for a year before taking a drink and throwing it all away. The urge was strong before, the regret was stronger after. This time I locked the paper up in my filing cabinet. It had a lock and it was taller than you were back then. It felt safe there, like it couldn't hurt you or us anymore. But it wasn't safe. Not at all. Knowing what happened to my mother, knowing what's going to come next, makes me want to stop reading. Makes me regret ever starting in the first place. But I have to keep going. This is bigger than my family now. It always was.